Mother's Day. The one day a year we set aside to celebrating our sweet moms for all the ways they're so nice to us. Bringing our breakfast in bed, going to church together, buying her flowers and other girly stuff, giving her a little quiet time, making her a nice picture or a card, taking her to dinner, and maybe, just maybe, letting her play Jedi Night Fighters from the planet Typhon with us. Or, you know, whatever she wants. Anything is fine, really. It's your day, Mom. What should we do together? Good morning. Man, uh, good job. They're clapping. And all I said was good morning. I love this already. I need to clarify a couple of things. No, I do not get celebrated from midweek on. So maybe next year. If you do, good for you. Um, Two, my kids don't call me. They text me. So there's that. Um, I'll take a text, though. That works. So I got my text from Janelle. Haven't read it because I've been busy. Um, So she's probably sitting in Florida thinking, dang, mom hasn't even responded back. So she's banging away saying, did you read it? Did you look at it? No, I haven't. So, um, So if you didn't get a call or you don't get a call today, Go with the text. It works, okay? Um, that's what they do these days. I love Mother's Day, and I love the fact that we get to celebrate um, the mothers of the house, whoever that is, right? We celebrate just the connections and the bonds that people have with mothers, whether or not they're biological mothers. It's just that bond that people share with another lady that I think it's pretty neat and cool. And I also love the influence that mothers have um, in society. But above all, motherhood in general is filled with lots of stuff. So when I was preparing... I thought to myself, which I've never thought, and I've been a mom for a long time, like 22 years, (laughs) and I thought, why is Mother's Day in May? Like, that has never occurred to me. I don't know if it's occurred to you. It is in May. It's always in May, and that's what we do. But this time, I was like, I want to know why it's in May, and I think I figured it out, ladies. At least in my house, May is Mayhem Month. It is crazy. Just in my house alone, in May, Janelle came home for a quick visit from grad school. We met her boyfriend for the very first time. That alone is enough. Uh, What else? We have, um, oh, yeah, we've had to take uh, Madison to take, let's see, ACT, SAT, AP, all these tests that you have to pay a whole bunch of money for as well as drive them and then pick them up and God forbid they wait. It's so uncool, right, when they're done. You have to be there before them and you can wait, but they shouldn't. Um, What else do we have going on? Oh, teachers, what is it with uh, sending home the biggest project of the year due in May, right? They want 3D castles and things that you've never made before, unless your kids who are eight. Um, We also have prom coming up, banquets for basketball and recitals, because Sophia plays one of those instruments. Um, What else? And there's still, like I said, some more finals. Um, Oh, 
open house. We did that this month as well um, because you got to do open house and see what everybody's learned. And all the while, I'm trying to figure out how do we use this gift card we got for Disney three-day pass that expires May 23rd. I'm like, no wonder May is in, Mother's Day is in May. You need that break halfway through for somebody to tell you how much they love you and appreciate you and hope that you will keep on going. Am I right? Yeah, I think I'm right. So I'm the mother of four girls. They are 22, 16, 10, and 8. Yes, there's never a dull moment. And yes, our hormones are always always raging. Everything's a big deal in my house. Um, All of them are my favorite, and I tell them that all the time, just never at the same time. When I'm alone with them, I say, oh, you're my favorite, Sophia. Noah, hug me. You're my favorite. Of course, they figured it out. All of them are my favorite, and I can talk about them all day long. Ask Ephraim. He um, takes me out to dinner, and I still want to talk about the girls, but I'm learning um, this many years later. So for me, motherhood is an adventure. It is risky, it's bold, and definitely uncertain. And I'm really not that great at this motherhood gig. Actually, I suck at it, and I'm also awesome all at the same time. You probably are too. Um, sometimes motherhood to me, another way that I compared it was like the weather in California. It's seasonal and you experience it all in one day, (laughs) right? And sometimes and some days motherhood has brought out the best of me and other times, yikes, I have to admit it's brought out the worst of me. For example, yesterday, not this morning so far. (laughs) but yesterday there was nothing in the fridge I had a lot of running around to do and I had chores for everybody they didn't get fed till 7 30 p.m actually more like eight but that's motherhood it happens um some days I crush it not yesterday and other days I just want to wave that white flag anybody man you have to admit that stuff is rough but If you admit it, you're in good company because that's been me a lot of different times. And this time I want to talk to all the moms in the room. Just kidding, because then the rest of you check out. I'm a teacher, I know. Once you don't say your name, you're like, oof, I don't have to worry. I don't have to listen. Well, guess what? This talk is for everyone in this room who has ever felt like throwing in the towel. If that has been you, you are going to walk away today with something to hold on to so you don't throw in that towel. It's for people who are just entering a very difficult situation in their life. And it's for the ones who are in the middle just waiting for something to change, for something to happen, or else you might feel like you want to give up. And this message is for those of you who are just at the tail end walking out And hoping you never, ever again have another hard day in your life. I want to encourage all of us this morning that you will make it through. Let's look at Isaiah 40, 31. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will receive new strength. They will fly as high as eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not grow weak. 
Some of us haven't lived that truth out yet, right? <laughs> Some days, yes, but not all the time. Today, I want to share with you four things that I believe will help us live and experience the scripture. But this Bible verse right here is going to do you no good on just my screen. This is something that you need to memorize. You need to put it in here and you need to put it in here because you're going to need to recall it. And the days that you need to recall it, you may not have your phone with the app available. You may be in your bed curled up. You may be in the bathroom trying not to let the kids in. You may need to recall this. And the only way to be able to recall is to put it in memory. So if you have your little pieces of paper on your seat, you want to make sure you write down Isaiah 40, 31. Today's talk is all about perseverance. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty, and my favorite part, or delay in achieving success. That's just as important, the delay, because delay does not equate denial. In other words, that's a fancy dictionary definition, but in other words, it's basically saying that you and I refuse to give up when life gets hard. Perseverance, refusing to give up when life gets hard. You see, our faith requires perseverance. We can't do this thing we call a Christian walk, a Christian journey, whatever you want to call it, a personal relationship with Jesus. We can't do that without perseverance. Our faith needs it. And more than that, there is a connection between perseverance and God's character. And we're going to take a look to see what happens, what God can do when we keep believing and we don't give up. So get ready to take notes. They're going to be just four simple points. You won't need all the paper, but follow along with me. Because today is not just about perseverance, but there's a difference with persevering well. And I want us to persevere well. Some of us have persevered through different storms, through different seasons, right, here and there. But today it's about not just perseverance, but persevering well. And in God's story, there are some examples of people who did that. And we're going to take a look at what happened in their life. And what I love about the Bible is that it is applicable and it is true for us today. This is not a history lesson. You didn't just walk in to hear a story. You came to hear something that can change your life the minute you walk out of that seat, the minute you get up from your seat. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 28, 16, and 20 for our very first point on how to persevere well. I'm going to set up the story for you. Here we see, um, we all know that Jesus died on the cross. We just celebrated that a couple of weeks ago. That's not when it happened. It happened a long time ago. Just kidding making sure you're with me. Um, uh, so Jesus dies and his friends are completely devastated. But then Jesus returns to life and they are overjoyed. And so for the next 40 days, Jesus begins to show himself to his friends, his followers, and his disciples. And that is the proof that really, truly, Jesus comes back to life. And in Matthew 28, 16 through 20, it's going to come up on the screen, but if you have your Bible, we're going to get to witness or be part of a conversation that he has with his disciples. Here we go. 
Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. They went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some still had their doubts. Then Jesus came to them. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So you must go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end. So we listen in on the last conversation that Jesus has with his disciples and before he ascends to heaven. And um, he is basically giving them the great commission. He is giving them this huge job, this mission that says you need to go. And now you need to tell everybody that I'm alive, that it's real, that I raised, uh, uh, resurrected that I'm not dead, that on the third day I rose like I said I would. And so the disciples were like, okay, I mean, put yourself in their position. All of the earth, he wanted from one end to the other. I'm going to pause real quick. This story is also in Acts chapter 1 and 2. I encourage you this week when you take out your Bible to read it, read um, Acts chapter 1 and 2. It's the rest of this story, and it is powerful. You should really um, read that on your own. But Um, like I was saying, so they're like, imagine you're seeing Jesus, he's alive and you're excited and you finally are seeing him. He's about to leave though. He's going into heaven and he's giving you this great mission, something that seems unattainable. It's beyond them because if he would have said, just go back and tell your family, then that's cool. But he wanted from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, but he gave them a promise. He said, you won't have to do it alone. And that's where the game changer is. And so the disciples, um, even though they were still left to figure out what to do, they had the promise that Jesus gave them that he would send the Holy Spirit. And so they went to Jerusalem and they waited in the upper room. And in the upper room means a room where everybody was, believers, and waiting for God to tell them how they were going to do this great commission. How were they going to fulfill this mission? And so while they were up there, they waited for Jesus. They were praying, they were singing, and something like fire appeared in the room and separated into flames that hovered above their heads over each believer is what the Bible teaches us. And that was the Holy Spirit. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You see, this is important because when you say yes to Jesus, when you invite Jesus into your heart, when you say, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, you are no longer alone. Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to come live in you. God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. And why does that matter? Because the Holy Spirit has power. And so that power that raised Jesus from the dead on the third day now lives inside of you. And that is something to be excited about. Cue card, clap. (laughs) The story goes on to say that each person that was filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in words in languages they had never spoken before. Um... And, and it goes on and on. And that's such a great story. You need to read it because it's powerful. But Jesus promised them the Holy Spirit. And that promise is ours for today. It's yours and it's mine as well. Um, we all have jobs to do. Whether that's motherhood, whether that's waking up and actually going somewhere to work, whether you have a home office and you work there, whether you care for elderly parents, some jobs feel completely overwhelming. 
They seem bigger than we could ever imagine. We wonder how will we ever accomplish this. Sometimes those things are not just jobs. They're dreams that God has put in our heart. And today I want to tell you to persevere. And number one is keep going because God is with you. That is your first point. Keep going because God is with you. You are not alone. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and me, and he is inside of us. God can give us the strength we need to keep going and finish what we started. We are not alone. We have the promise. We have him in us. If we have him in us, there isn't anything that we cannot persevere and persevere well at it. What is perseverance? Not giving up when life gets hard. Let's take a look at the second point. The second point is found in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 40. And I love this story. Um, here it is. Paul and Silas go, um, went on journeys to different places to tell people about Jesus. One day, Paul had a vision of a man begging them to come to Macedonia. Once they got there, they began sharing about Jesus and people began to believe. And that was just based upon a dream. So he goes out there and this is what it said. 16. One day we were going to a place of prayer. On the way, we were met by a female slave. She had a spirit that helped her tell people what was going to happen. She earned a lot of money for her owners by doing this. This was not a God spirit, by the way. She, earned, um, she followed Paul and the rest of us around. She shouted, these men serve the most high God. They are telling you how to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul came, became upset. Turning around, he spoke to the spirit that was in her. In the name of Jesus, he said, I command you to come out of her. And at that very moment, the spirit left the woman. Her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone. So they grabbed Paul and Silas. They dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them to the judges. These men are Jews, her owner said. They are making trouble in our city. They are suggesting practices that are against the Roman law. These are practices we can't accept or take part in. The crowd joined the attack against Paul and Silas. The judges ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped and beaten with rods. Then they were whipped out, whipped without mercy. Then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put Paul and Silas deep inside the prison. He fastened their feet so they couldn't get away. About midnight, this is where it gets good. This is my favorite part. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They were also singing hymns to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a powerful earthquake. It shook the prison from top to bottom. All at once, the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, you would think, right? He saw that prison doors were open. He pulled out his sword and was going to kill himself. I could see why. He thought the prisoners had escaped. Don't harm yourself, Paul shouted. We are all here. The jailer came out for some lights. He rushed in, shaking with fear. He fell down in front of Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out. He asked, sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus. Then you and everyone living in your house will be saved. They spoke the word of the Lord to him. They also spoke to all others in his house. 
At the hour of the night, the jailer took Paul and Silas and washed their wounds. Right away, he and everyone who lived with him were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house. He set a meal in front of them. He and everyone who lived with them were filled with joy. They had become believers in God. That's a good story. But man, what was wrong with that story? They were doing the right things. They were saying the right things. They were living the right life. They were doing what they knew to do. They were doing what they felt God had asked of them. Can you relate? Have you ever been there? Have you ever had some really hard times? That's a great answer. I want to say that one day. Listen, you know why he listens? Because I'm his teacher. So he knows my voice. He already knows my voice. He figures she's not upstairs. I might as well stay downstairs and listen to her here. <laughs> Proof. I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> has really hard times in life really made you feel like you want to give up? Have you been served some cards that you wish you had not been served? Have you ever felt like, God, I thought I was doing what you wanted me to do. I'm living a life of integrity. I honor you. I live, I'm sold out for you. They were, but they got thrown in prison. And not just apparently anywhere. It seemed to be the worst of the conditions of the worst. The less of two evils, if that's possible there. I know I have. I'm doing all that I know to do. And this is how it plays out, God. Why would a good God allow this in my life? How is this okay? God, you are the provider of it all. Why am I in lack? Why do I feel like this isn't moving forward? What else should I be doing? What am I not doing? All those questions have run through my head. But Paul and Silas could have given up their calling to spread the message of Jesus when that's all they were doing and they got thrown in jail. However, even in the middle of this difficult situation, they decided to worship. It said that they prayed and worshiped at the midnight hour. And when the time came, they had the, word, the right words at the right time to help the jailer. So much so that his entire family was saved and baptized. Point number two, or bottom line number two, you can choose joy when life gets hard. One, you are not alone. Two, you can choose joy when life gets hard. We will all face times when life is hard. How we respond to those situations matters. Choose joy and point others to Jesus. When they see that in you, they can't help. Man, life is hard. They're watching us. They're looking at us. They don't expect us to be perfect. Not everyone does. But when life gets hard, how you respond matters. And others will come to Christ because they see that you have chosen joy even when life has been hard. Point number three, we're going to look at Hebrews 12.1. A huge cloud of witnesses is all around us. So let us throw off everything that stands in our way. 
Let us throw off any sin that holds onto us so tightly. And let us keep on running the race marked out for us. Living God's way is like running a race. It's not a one day. It's not for a little bit. If we are not careful, we can hold ourselves back by making some unwise choices. We need to choose to live the way God wants us to live if we're going to persevere well. In order to do this, we need to throw off the sins that hold us back. We need to ask God to help us with those areas in our life where we keep missing the mark. To trust God and know he is always with us. When life gets hard, and it will, you can look at the heroes of faith and see how they trusted God through some extremely difficult circumstances. Not just in the Bible, but in your life today. God brought them through those trials, and it's comforting to know that others have made it through to the other side of difficult times, which help us to trust God even more with our own circumstances. You know people that you look at them and you're like, whoa, how did they do it? How did they make it? How did they go through that? And those are the times that we need to hold on. We need to make a phone call. We need to ask somebody, hey, I'm going through this. How did you do it? Some of us struggle with some things that don't help us live our best life with Jesus that he has for us. We're struggling with sin. We need to ask not just God to help us, but others that we trust around us to help us so that we can persevere well. So point number three, God can help you let go of what is holding you back. God has placed people in your life who can help you. Whenever you are tempted to make the wrong choice, remember everyone who is cheering for you and that you can persevere and live God's way every single day. This church is here for you. That's why we gather. That's why we come together so that we can stand by you on this race and say, you can do it. Keep going. Don't give up. You can persevere. Hold on. Don't give up when life gets hard. You don't have to make those choices. You can make these choices for your life. God will help you let go of whatever is holding you back. Lastly, let's take a look at Hebrews 12, 2, and 3. Let us keep looking to Jesus. He is the one who started this journey of faith, and he is the one who completes the journey of faith. He paid no attention to the shame of the cross. He suffered there because of the joy he was looking forward to. Then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He made it through these attacks by sinners. So think about him. Then you won't get tired and you won't lose hope. That is the ultimate example of perseverance, our Jesus. Jesus kept going even though he had to do something that was more difficult than we could ever imagine. To run the race of life with perseverance, we should focus on Jesus. Remember what he did for you. Bottom line number four, keep going because of what Jesus did for you. Knowing that Jesus persevered through death 
and was resurrected is the best encouragement for us to keep going when life gets hard. When we focus on Jesus, we remember that nothing is impossible and God will help us get through whatever we face in life. Amen? Those four things, you are not alone. Choose joy and lead others to Jesus. God will help you get rid of those things that are holding you back. And if all else, if nothing else, keep your eyes on Jesus Keep going back to what he did. He did it. You can do it too because he lives inside of you. You have these promises to persevere. Do not give up when life gets hard. Amen.